0: I know it's a really difficult monster to move in the U.S. when you have so many problems, but if we want to get serious about climate action, the first thing that needs to happen is to cancel the debt of the Global South to enable a just transition.
1: What's
2: going on, everybody? Welcome to the Vituation Room once again. A new week, a new me, a new you. Here we are, we're constantly reinventing ourselves every single moment. Remember that, never forget that. Um, So happy you are here, so happy you decided to press play, uh, that you decided to jump into the chat, to the stream, if you're here on Twitch or YouTube. Um, we got such a good show today. <laughs> there's a lot to get into. Um, a uh, a couple things, obviously, uh, the Trump docs, there's more. Um, specifically, did Trump get Americans killed? That might have actually happened. Um, also, uh, Dark Brandon Rises, y'all. I don't, like, for real, for real, Dark Brandon Rises. I don't know what they did. I don't know which new prune juice my man got on, but Biden is like activating full Biden. Like he almost has like a 45% approval rating. OMG. What did he do to deserve this? We're going to look into it, of course. Um, And then we're going to talk about the debt for climate campaign. Uh, We'll be joined by Esteban Sevat, who is one of the leaders of that campaign, um, which is all about, hey, instead of paying poor countries to, like, you know, not cut down rainforests, why don't you just forgive all the debt that we've strapped them with through, like, neo-colonial international financial policies that we've, um, have basically reigned for 50 years now, so we're gonna get into the logistics and the ins and outs of that, very excited, also, Joining me for the hour, Margaret Killjoy, who's going to break down all the stories with me. Uh, she's the host of the Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff history podcast, in addition to a lot of other things. So super happy to have her on. Um, and there's a bonus episode, and I, I got to say, maybe it's because we don't have any new patrons at $10 or more. And so the fart song is going to be extra, you know, it's just going to fall flat, chillance, a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? But it's also because this bonus episode is going to be so good. Um, Did you know Breitbart, as in the in heavy air quotes media company, does films, feature films? Yeah. And they've got a new one out and it's called My Son Hunter. And it is a thriller about Hunter Biden and all of the shenanigans that he's definitely done um it is a little it feels like like an Adam McKay kind of knockoff I mean uh, he would hate if if I said that like Adam if you're listening because you totally follow me on Twitter like I'm sorry but um you guys need to see this trailer we want to talk about it so Margaret's going to join me in the bonus and if you are not a patron patreon.com slash bituation room y'all that's where you get access to all of the bonus content and yes when the frantifa takes a little hiatus for me to give birth to new life uh the patrons are going to be the first ones to get content so i'm hopefully going to be lining up some interviews uh i'm going to be doing the weekly rundown for y'all i will still be there so uh maybe some videos and so patrons don't fret you will have early and first and exclusive access to all of that stuff. And uh, we'll see how long um, I'll be away, probably three to four weeks, men. Um, but again, <laughs> this child is being born during the midterms and I feels like she wants me to quit doing punditry and she might be right. Let's be real, it's a dirty game. Do I love it? Sometimes. Anyway, uh, if you are here and uh, you're here for the first time, welcome. I hope you are liking the show. I hope you're giving the show five stars on iTunes. Uh, you know, it really means a lot and it helps people discover this show. Again, a show that is uh, nearly 100% people-powered, funded by all y'all. Um, so your your Super Chats and your patron subscriptions, that helps this show quite literally happen every single week i am trying to find the show so i can read a very sweet review um that chow chow bella bella left favorite political podcast this is my favorite political podcast and for is one of my favorite political commentators such great commentary full of knowledge and the comedy is good thanks excellent progressive perspective so glad she's a voice in the political space oh the comedy's good wow Sometimes we write the roundups just an hour before we go live. So anyway, but thank you. Ciao, ciao, Bella, Bella. Uh, you're wonderful. And thank you, everyone, who's given this show five stars. What else do I have to tell you? Um, We have merch, BituationRoom.com, guys. Get swaggied out or something like that. I don't know what the kids are saying these days. For Antifa shirts, Bituation room shirts, BituationRoom.com for all of your bitching needs. And with that, let's get in to oh also sorry <laughs> you can tip the show tbr-live on venmo tbr live on cash up you also patrons get 20 percent off all merch no matter what if you're a, a patron at 10, 20 bucks or more you get free merch every three months so okay now let's get in to what are you bitching about i have come to the realization that uh we are not ready for socialism as a country. We are, nope, we are definitely not ready for it. And uh, I've come to that realization because of some people's reactions to the minor student debt relief of $10,000 that the Biden administration um, passed last week. And um, specifically the way that um, videos I've put out have sort of grabbed the, the algorithm and a lot of folks who don't usually follow me, don't really know what I'm about, don't really know that like, I have basic empathy, um, or like, no, this is gross. I paid off all my student loans. Also like someone pay my mortgage. Like, does that mean you're a homeowner? Good for you. Um, but I've been floored by the amount of comments that are anecdotal to be fair because actually statistically the majority of Americans do support this student debt relief, but I've been floored by the amount of comments that are just so incredibly um, selfish and angry and uh, that that some folks would get any amount of student debt relief. again, the average, student debt that people hold in this country is almost $30,000. And it goes way up when you're talking about black and brown Americans and people who took out mega loans, right? Um, And The Intercept apparently is coming out with an incredible documentary specifically about black women and how they've been very much targeted and have like exorbitant and disproportionate amount of student debt, you know, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So like, but let's leave aside the sort of, you know, um, the ways that we can fall into like these pitfalls of like semi-racist tropes. But, but like, I am, I can't believe that there's generally not a sense, especially coming out of a pandemic. Where we all died, almost died, or like know someone who's definitely died, realize that no matter how rich we are, we are not safe from this virus, realize that maybe we need to work together and maybe we, you know, should invest in something called a society, you know, and like public health might be an important thing. And, you know, hey, maybe the government does use our money for good, that that goodwill has worn off. If we ever even captured it like lightning in a bottle, it's worn off and we are back to this, nah, me, I, me, mine, I've paid everything off, I'm amazing, I'm moving on, fuck you and your student debt for, you know, whatever degree that you got. Um, mind you, many people with student debt, are teachers, our doctors, our dentists are also like finance people i mean people who have like mbas like this isn't just folks and we'll get into this like myself you know who studied post-colonial feminist theory because i did um i don't have student debt actually i'm very fucking lucky but i'm not blaming other people for not having a mom who worked very hard and was able to like put her through college do you know what i'm saying And I'm not making this point very well, but I think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez made this point incredibly well on her Instagram uh, page saying, I've said it before and I'll say it again, not every program has to be for everybody. People with apartments pay for first time homeowner benefits. Young people pay for Medicare for our seniors. People who take public transit pay for car infrastructure. Maybe student loan forgiveness doesn't impact you. That doesn't make it bad. I'm sure there are certainly other things that student loan borrowers and taxes pay for. We can do good things and reject the scarcity mindset that says that doing something good for someone else comes at the cost for ourselves. An example, if a person is blessed enough to be in a position to have paid off their loans, maybe they have a home now and benefited for first-time homeowner programs that people crushed by student loans help subsidize. When they aren't able to buy a home because of student debt, it all comes around. It's okay. We can support things we don't directly benefit from. Yeah, it is beneficial to have good schools generally in your neighborhood, even if you don't have kids that go to school. Right? I mean, and again, this is like this, we have this hyper individualistic, um, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, build a giant fence around my perfect fucking home mentality in this country when that will not save us we cannot just live our lives like that and AOC continues on by talking about the climate crisis and saying this is something like the pandemic which honestly was a dry run I mean a a very mucousy run for what ultimately is the biggest crisis of our lifetimes which is the climate crisis and how we no one is safe from that and motherfuckers have not figured out a way to get to Mars yet. You know, Elysium doesn't exist. I don't know. Is Peter Thiel's floating island? How's that doing? I know it's a tax haven. Is it? Can it, all the Richies get on board? And what I'm talking about, finally, and I know I have to move on, is it's not even billionaires who are complaining. It's people who make like a couple hundred grand a year, homeowners. And and I, how many like times do you got to look at the tax rates? For people who make like, let's say half a mil, people who make half a million dollars a year are paying a fair share of taxes. And yet they identify in their brains with fucking Bezos and Musk and all these tax dodging billionaires more than they identify with the person that's dropping off their Uber Eats order. When in actuality, they're economically much closer to being an Uber Eats delivery driver, right? Or, heaven forbid, someone who lost their home and is now unhoused. You're much closer to being that than you ever will be to being a billionaire. And you are paying way more in taxes than that motherfucker. So, again, it's not only the scarcity mindset, the hyper-individualism of American culture, but it's this bizarre notion that we're all going to be billionaires one day. And guess what? You're fucking not. So when, when are we going to be ready to collectively, to think of our country collectively, right? When are we going to be ready to understand that we have money for war and fucking socialism for corporations, endless money. Cause we think wrongly that's going to trickle down to us and it never does. When it comes to having solidarity for working people, for students, For like just not even the ability to make more money just like i don't know going to college enriching your life learning about what democracies actually do you know suddenly we have no more empathy and that's sad to me of course everyone who listens to the show is perfect and wonderful and none of y'all had that thought but it's been weird to watch okay i'm gonna shut up because uh we gotta get into everything that's going on And another person who's coming into the show to bitch, uh, author and musician who hosts the podcast Live Like the World is Dying, and cool people who did cool stuff, which, again, looking back on uh, stories you might have missed from our history, uh, please welcome to the show Margaret Killjoy. Hello. Hi.
1: I'm supposed to complain about something?
2: (laughs) Yes. You're supposed to complain. No more cool people. It's all bad things.
1: Okay. Bad things only. So... (laughs) Okay. But but to, to piggyback off what you're saying about debt relief, one of the things that annoys me so much, I think you're right on about everything you're saying, but it's so hypocritical, It which shouldn't bother me. It, it should never surprise me when people are being hypocritical like this, when rich people are being hypocritical or, or whatever. But it's like corporations and rich people get debt relief constantly. I love that someone right now is sitting there on Twitter and every single time, you know, some uh, right-wing figurehead posts like, complaining about these people looking for handouts and debt relief and how you should just pay off your debts. They just sit there and screenshot all of the Paycheck Protection Loan re- you yes. know, debt relief yeah. and all of that stuff. And just like, oh, is this you? Did you get $100,000 worth of debt um, canceled in the last year? The White House you know, was it,
2: doing that, Margaret. Like when the White House oh, was doing that. Yeah. All right. White House is base lately, number one. But like, <laughs> yeah, they're like throwing it back in people's faces. And it's like, well, it's different. I saved so many jobs. It's like, did you did you though yeah
1: yeah and it's just i don't know it's it's like the whole like go recycle as the solution of problems is is just this this individualistic yeah mindset i don't know whatever it, it okay but that's not what i'm supposed to complain about i'm supposed to complain about something different um so i want to complain about christian nationalists with baseball bats wrapped with razor wire mm-hmm. showing up at lgbt uh or more specifically this this rise of you know christian nationalism and this anti-lgbt activism which uh when i was thinking this through i was like you know classic beat up everyone who's different guy christ uh i think that was yeah yeah, that's what he did he
2: he like he beat the leopard the lepers into healing like first he beat the shit out of them and then they were healed
1: yeah totally and he went among all the like you know sex workers and stuff and was like what you're doing is wrong yeah Um, everybody knows that classic jesus behavior um but this is, this is what just, this is what's been getting at me lately because it's just so, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It seems like the least bothersome thing in the world is what consenting adults do on their own time, you know, and it, I just, I can't wrap my head around people claiming that this is anything to do with the concept of like freedom and liberty, you yeah. know, is the same people claiming that they're into those things, like running around and being like, oh, you can't, but well, you can't be gay though, right? And I'm like, wait. I thought we got over this. Yeah. Like we we that was something. We we've done
2: been over this. Like but but it's like they're just dredging up the old you know dusting off the old culture war mm-hmm. you know um trophies here. I love the idea that you would go to a drag show and not immediately be charmed by the drag show and be like, I hate right. this. This is terrible. And it's like, everyone's just being fabulous and looks amazing and like is dancing and lip syncing. And you're like, no, Oh
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, the,
2: the, the most joyful, fun, performative thing that like, actually like, like, you know, you know, if you're uncomfortable, it's like a good uncomfortable. It's like a fun uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like a, it's more just jealousy, like, man, I wish I could do that.
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm not half as good at makeup, you know, like, it's so annoying. Um, Yeah. And maybe that's, maybe a lot of it is that just that jealousy, you know, of um, of people's makeup skills. It is. I definitely
2: Um, think there, I think everyone, everyone should be able to wear, like, a full beat of makeup, like, you don't have to mm-hmm. do it yourself, but just know what that feels like. And also, like, wearing dresses is healthy for mm-hmm. everyone to be able to do. It's just, it feels good. Um, and I think that, I mean, it's not all that. A lot of it is just hatred. But a lot of it is, like, maybe, like, you've never worn sequins before, Joey. I know. Like, I think yeah. you really need to just wear something fabulous and put yeah. the baseball bat down.
1: Yeah or keep the baseball bat be on the other side cuz that's the other thing that, that really strikes me is that they keep thinking they're like we're going to go to these like men in dresses and think that they're pushovers and it's like do you know what it i mean i'm i'm you know i'm a trans woman i'm perceived as a man in a dress most of the time it's like i i'm used to people causing trouble with me um it's not think i don't have a bat motherfucker yeah like <laughs> I carry a large knife. It's very visible. And you know, and it makes people leave me alone. And it's just the idea that you'd be like, oh, this community that's just gonna be a bunch of pushovers, like you don't know anything about the mm-hmm. history of like about the history of drag, about the history of LGBT activism in general. Like we are we are not wimps. And and that is the ah, you I wasn't supposed to come up with anything positive in this, but <laughs> the positive part of it is that it's like they're always outnumbered right um you know the the fascists or whatever are are always outnumbered by people who whether lgbt or not are like what are you doing you can't just show up and make people you know be afraid for their lives for being gay yeah um and also like they get scared off because well because fascism the coward cowards ideology and uh we're we're not scared of them i mean yep. Yep. individually at moments here and there it's not nice but you know um this, so that's what I, I would like to complain about is these fucking... I think that's good losers
2: i I think it's important to complain about the losers and uh and yeah and the way that like Republicans in power are straight up weaponizing that as if that's oh, yeah. like a thing people care about like that like drag yeah. shows are uh hurting them more than uh, like not being able to put food on the table like yeah yeah that's that's exactly right you know like a like like, as if someone with, like, a glittery, like, amazing nail hand is, like, lit- just taking the bread out of their baby's mouth.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I live in a rural right-wing area, right? I live in West Virginia. I live rurally. And, you know, as soon as I met my neighbors, like, I don't think they read me as trans. Mm-hmm. But my, my, my rural neighbors, as soon as I met them, who I'm sure vote Republican, and they, they come up and they're, like, just subtly letting it know that it's okay that I'm gay you know <laughs> and they're like oh that's you know like they're like oh i have a gay friend or like whatever it is you know it's like because
2: you can sense that that they're like kind of
1: proud yeah yeah exactly and it's like one of those things where if i was in a big city i'd be like kind of annoyed being like oh you're just you're know, virtue signaling to me or whatever right. but i'm like no i just moved to this uh this is very rural area no, i'm i'm totally fine <laughs> with my neighbors doing this to me you know totally totally
2: um, that's really funny
1: yeah my neighbor told me i could go to i, I should go to church in order to meet boys um and I'm like, huh <laughs> Okay. <laughs> sure.
2: I like that. Um, all right. Let's see. Let's let's jump into the week. There's so much to dig into, but wait, I thought
1: nothing happened this week.
2: I know, right? If only I just want to talk about F Boy Island and uh, yeah, how it's actually a big letdown. Oh, or like you know, the new Game of Thrones—not Game of Thrones, House of Dragons.
1: Yeah, ye oldy sword time shows. I thought that yeah. was the only thing. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, if only. Um,
1: or was there some sort of treason and? Terrible, it's, yeah.
2: it's just like a like ba Oh my god! I'm gonna reveal CIA assets and all this. Okay. <laughs> but other things happen before before that. Uh, Elon mm-hmm. Musk claims declining birth rates are hurting the planet more than climate change. Uh, not only is this untrue, but he needs to stop wearing out his Blu-ray copy of *Children of Men*. Uh, And also, Elon has no idea that he alone is like a one-man cock block. Like, does he understand that when dudes casually bring up Dogecoin or Tesla or SpaceX on their second dates, women, like, immediately pretend to have, like, an emergency phone call and, like, leave the table? That's so... Do less, Elon, is what I'm trying to say, and people will fuck more. Um, Senate candidate Blake Masters, who's challenging Mark Kelly in Arizona, is backtracking on his anti-choice stance, scrubbing the words, I am 100% pro-life from his website, and a proposal for fetal personhood amendment. Um, Republicans are clearly getting scared that overturning Roe v. Wade was much better in theory than practice, like pretty much every other GOP idea from launching two wars in the Middle East to Donald Trump becoming fucking president. And this feels like the final wish on their like monkey paw, you know, sort of whatever that they found in an attic. And like the price is just a middle finger right up their ass, (laughs) which they might be into. Um, Lauren Boebert railed against student debt borrowers as getting their degrees in quote, lesbian dance theory. And as someone Mm. with more or less a degree in lesbian dance theory, let me say there might be debt But you never pay rent because you live for free in the minds of people like Lauren Boebert. (laughs) <laughs> lindsey graham says there will be riots in the streets if trump is prosecuted and he says it like it's a bad thing like for him like riots in the streets isn't an upgrade from like riots in the capitol building like that sounds like a good deal bro shit got a little too rioty the last time um and finally pennsylvania senate candidate john Fetterman is calling on joe biden to decriminalize weed which is really not a way to get biden to budge on his stance um for starters you just have to speak his language, okay? It's not decriminalized; it's deficit-reducing, and it's not weed; it's a jazz cigarette. He said, "Hang your hand with dim jazz cigarettes." For everything else, this is the week where. Okay, so this was the week where we finally saw the affidavit that led to the search of Maralago. Uh, Trump's uh, Gulf estate in Florida. And it confirmed that for over a year, the National Archives have been trying to get 15 boxes of sensitive documents back. And that, yes, the former president may have broken a number of laws uh, in retaining those documents. So the boxes contain seven documents marked confidential, 92 documents marked secret, and 25 documents marked top secret. And then like 10 more documents that are like, Keep out. No boys allowed. Um, (laughs) No, I made that up, obviously. Uh, Trump is currently asking for a special master or like a third-party attorney to oversee the Department of Justice and and their actions. He may get his wish. Uh, We're not sure. Uh, But we do know a little bit about those documents themselves. And there's like some serious stuff, and then there's like some salacious stuff if we have times – The serious stuff is pretty fucking serious, which is Trump may have gotten people killed. Americans specifically who weren't supposed to be killed. Um, And there's a timeline that's starting to be built, but this is from the New York times, um, which came out this week, classified material on human intelligence sources help trigger alarm. So documents related to the work of clandestine sources are some of the most sensitive and protected By the government. In the government, FBI agents found some in boxes retrieved from Donald J. Trump's home. So this might have spurred some of the alarm. Digging deeper, um, nothing in the documents released on Friday described the precise content of classified documents or what risk their disclosure might carry. But the court papers did outline the kinds of intelligence found in the secret material, including Foreign surveillance collected under court orders, electronic eavesdropping on communications and information from human sources, i.e., spies. Mr. Trump and his defenders have claimed that he declassified the material he took from Mar a Lago, but documents retrieved from him in January include some marked HCS, so Human Intelligence Control System. The documents have material that could possibly identify CIA informants, meaning a general sweeping declassification of them would have been at best misguided. Yeah, no shit. So when FBI agents went through the 15 boxes of materials turned over to the National Archives by Trump in January, a year after he left office, they quickly determined that they contained 184 documents marked as classified, including some of those HCS, um, an especially troublesome revelation in the eyes of intelligence experts. It is among the most sensitive information related to human intelligence sources and very tightly held at the CIA, said George Jameson, a former CIA officer and lawyer, a compromise could result in harm to the source and that source's information. So, um, according to forder, former officials, the documents marked HCS have special handling requirements. They have to be stored properly. Um, also, there were some FISA marked documents, which means, again, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Um, what this tells us. And this is from my former general counsel of the National Security Agency is that there was possibly something from human beings, from spies, possibly something involving foreigners who are the only ones targeted under FISA. And potentially there is very sophisticated, sensitive information involved here. So, potential CIA assets, which are Americans, right? And then, you know, information about foreigners that he was keeping, FISA stuff. So, timeline wise, Some folks are like, huh, so you wanted the documents in January 2021, then you got them in January 2022. Not all of them, again, that's why there needed to be a raid anyway, there was more left over. But then there's this headline from October 2021 which is captured, killed, or compromised, CIA admits to losing dozens of informants. Counterintelligence officials say in a top-secret cable to all stations and bases around the world that too many of the people it recruits from other countries to spy for the U.S. are being lost. Um, And this is a tweet Tristan Snell writing, October 2021, CIA counterintelligence sent a top-secret cable warning unusually number of confidential informants were being killed, captured, or compromised. In January 2021, Trump stole the documents on these kinds of informants. Oh my God, is Trump leaking CIA assets? This is, we need a new bond just for this.
1: <laughs> he's, I mean, he's just selfish. And so it's just like, it's, it's so not surprising to me when I started start hearing this stuff. It's like, well, of course he's betraying America. Why, why does he care? I mean, he doesn't care about anything. He doesn't believe anything that he says, as far as I can tell. Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, if this were the work of like a Javier Bardem villain in a Bond movie, mm -hmm. I'd be like super into it because I'm like kind of liked him in whatever Mm -hmm. one that was. And like, you know, generally, I'm not a fan of the CIA. I'm just going to put that out there. I know that's that's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. But also, (laughs) also, this is a fucking president, a former president who might have compromised these CIA assets. And by the way, I misspoke. I said they were Americans. They're not all necessarily Americans, but they're being paid by the United States. And then like sort of, I remember when that headline came through, it was like, huh, that's weird. Weird that like there's suddenly this rush of like hits on CIA assets. And the fucking like, and by the way, nothing that he could be accused of all the crimes about keeping the documents. None of that is, Oh, and you got, you know, whomever killed. Like it's all right. separate. It's right. all stuff that again, like reality winner and Edward Snowden had to flee the country over a rally winner serving five years in prison over like shit that if it were fucking any of us, I mean, come on, we would never see daylight again. Right. Oh, uh, and I
1: don't have- but have you ever played a strategy game like Risk or something, you know, where you just you just sit back and let your enemies fight each other? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is how I feel about Trump versus the CIA and FBI is. But it is. I mean, there's absolutely something that's just wild about the fact that this like president just is was so completely did not care about the country that he was ostensibly president of or, what, you know, whatever. Um, right. If I can't be president
2: me, anymore, I'll just watch them fight. Yeah. That's absolutely right. You're just like, well, I'm not winning at risk, but I can definitely yeah. pit these people against each other, and yeah. use the information I have to watch all well, burn.
1: So that's true. But I was also thinking about me as someone who doesn't like the CIA. Oh, okay, Trump. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's true on all on all sides of this. Is I'm like, no, yeah, CIA, FBI, Trump. You you go yeah, at yeah, each ble- other. exactly. That's, right, right, that's right, right, right. I don't like, have a the rest dog of the in the world. as the winner? If, yeah, like. But, it's, but right but
2: it's like it's just incredible that you're like don't how is trump so awful he's making me minimally defend the fbi or yeah, cia like in no I these know. motherfuckers have files on all of us like they, yeah. they're watching this show right now like it's someone's yeah. job to watch the situation room and listen and like write down anything that sounds anti-government you know like yeah <laughs> like yeah and we're like what the fuck um so i just think that's Insane, and I'm curious to hear more about that. And I feel like if that is at all true, I absolutely and not, we shouldn't know the names of uh, the CIA assets, but we absolutely should know that this is what happened. I mean that, like, right? Again, he's already done the treason on January sixth, but this is also a pretty fucking high level of treason. Right. There's another aspect to this, Margaret, and I, I think you need to know. Um, apparently there was also a box labeled re-president of France. And um, it was that was in the Mar-a-Lago estate. And apparently for Trump, the president of France has been a subject of intense and tawdry, very tawdry <laughs> interest for years. Specifically, Trump has bla- bragged to some of his closest associates, both during and after his time in the White House, that he knew illicit details about the love life of French President Emmanuel Macron. <laughs> two people with knowledge of the matter tell rolling stone and the former president even claimed that he learned about some of the dirt through intelligence he had seen or been briefed on or i kept because it was the only thing that got me sorry so <laughs> yeah, got uh-huh. me going i just read like oh he's <laughs> first of all i just want to say that trump definitely did the like supermarket sweep slash like uh smash and grab version of like what would you take from the white house if you could take anything and he's like the sex stuff the nuclear codes the cia assets i mean the only thing we're missing are like some alien files here
1: right or are we
2: or are we are we gonna find out soon he's yeah but like he's so he's been obsessed with macron you know he's like they have like they like had like a handshake that was basically sex they were like yeah back and forth back and forth <laughs> and what is he? he's like i now know what menage a toi" means it means when you fuck a menage
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you know he's like in a wood paneled basement somewhere just this like terrible trashy like you know i'm bragging about it to his friends he's just like i know the sex secrets of the president of france as if like he wasn't president you know as if this is his like big impressive thing that he has is the sexy. yeah
2: yeah hey you're also president or you were
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
2: but did you know that he likes only flats women in flats not high heels which is weird (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, what? Like, yeah and then spends 15 minutes explaining what it does to the leg yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: exactly um what he i i'm just remembering what he said about tiffany trump when she was like one he was like oh, oh she's got her mom's oh, legs like okay wow um i
1: will anyone actually stop liking trump because of like is there a limit to the level of hates America he can pull off before (laughs) these people who claim to love America will stop liking him I I genuinely don't know I'm genuinely curious that if he like sold nuclear codes to some other country or you know or whatever whether that would Affect anything like if people knew
2: that's what I'm saying. It's like it takes Trump to actually make me a, somewhat of a patriot. Like, hey, de- yeah. wait a second. Okay, democracy is we, I mean, now look, we've never been great at yeah. it, but we can try. We don't need to jump yeah. to full fascism, you know?
1: Yeah, it's better than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, Macron, if you're out there, nobody, nobody in America kink shames. It's all good, bro. Um, yeah. There is one more story we have to do uh which is this is the week that the White House finally put Joe Biden into turbo mode. That's right. Whatever high vacuum cleaner setting or like hair dryer setting you have, he did like the you know the three waves, the three squiggly mm-hmm. lines on your hair dryer. Joe Biden's in that fucking mode, dude. They just go-go gadget, dark-branded all over the place. Uh, And after the climate bill win, the relief of $10,000 of student debt, now he's, again, almost 45% approval rating. And the only way to accurately just say this is Biden is feeling himself. And here he is at a rally in Maryland uh, doing just that.
3: 2020, you and 81 million Americans voted to save our democracy. That's why Donald Trump isn't just a former president. He is a defeated former president. And for decades, Big Pharma won. But not this year. The American people won. And Big Pharma lost. We also included a provision that would have allowed anyone with diabetes, including those kids and their families, that should get charged somewhere between $600 and $1,000 a month How would you feel like being a parent looking at your kid and knowing you didn't have the insurance and knowing if they did not get that insulin, they may die? There's thousands of people in America going through that. And these Republicans ripped that out of the bill, but we're coming back. We also had to take on the climate deniers. And guess what? We beat them. We beat them. We just passed the first significant gun safety legislation in 30 years in this country. MAGA Republicans don't have a clue about the power of women. Let me tell you something. They are about to find out.
2: Doug Brandon knows about the power of women. <laughs>
1: a look in his eyes as he said that. <laughs>
2: They're about to find out. Like, okay, let's keep this in the realm of voting, right? that's what I'm talking about. Um, so here he is. Now, some of that was like, you didn't defeat the climate deniers. You gave coal barons like Joe Manchin kind of a big like win. Um, yeah, but but yes, he is happy. He's feeling himself. He made sure that people were reminded that like the. Price controls on insulin are were stripped out of that bill um, thanks to Republicans, which I think is really important to remember. Um, the other thing he said, and I'm curious as to your thoughts, Margaret, he said in a fundraiser behind closed doors uh, in, Be- in Bethesda um, ahead of the kickoff rally, Maryland, he said, what we're seeing now is the beginning or the death knell of an extreme MAGA philosophy beginning or the death now i don't actually know is that the beginning or the end it's not just trump it's the entire philosophy that underpins the i'm gonna say something it's like semi-fascism
1: it's semi so he he finally woke up and not in a became woke way but like literally he was just like kind of asleep and he was like wait what's going on and then he looked because it i mean he just
2: rubs eyes it's, a, it's semi-fascist out here <laughs>
1: Yeah. I actually think it's kind of interesting this as the beginning or the death now because yeah I mean they're opposite things right it's um but but that seems true to me mm-hmm. it's either about to get way worse or it's crested and i don't know which i my money's on way worse unfortunately mostly because of the climate crisis causing people to become increasingly like i got mine fuck you to the rest of the world yeah. but but yeah i mean it, uh great that he finally Has a backbone, like, and has been saying what, like, like even the, you know, the guy who, oh, and now I'm gonna get this all wrong, and I'm live, but the guy who, who says, reducto ad Hitlerium, like everything gets compared to Hitler, Mm -hmm. and how it's nonsensical or whatever, you know, even he came out and he was like, no, you can compare this to fascism. This is, (laughs) this is a fascistic thing. You know, anyone who studies fascism is like, oh. Well, this has the markers of fascism. Fascism is not just pure authoritarianism. It ties into nationalism. It ties into, you know, a return to tradition. It ties into all these other things. Um, And so, I mean, it probably just took him the midterms. Now he's allowed to be fighty again, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But The
2: the Christian, like white Christian nationalists, white Christian nationalism, I think, really does encapsulate it. Um, And I think that ultimately is... Hitlerian. It's not hilarious, <laughs> yeah, totally. but yes, it is. It's it's hit. That's the name of this episode, Hilarious mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I don't look. I have gripes with him. Two things: one, mm-hmm. him saying f- semi-fascist. I'm like, it's it mm-hmm. seems like, you know, I'm just semi-racist. Like, I don't know if we <laughs> can say that or what. But I'm a semi-bigot. But but also him he clarified MAGA Republicans. He's doing Mm -hmm. that as kind of a branding exercise before he was saying ultra MAGA, which I'm glad they Mm -hmm. discarded. Now it's like MAGA Republicans versus like all the other buddies I can work with. Like everyone Mm -hmm. who voted for this bill, crickets. (laughs) Like fucking, bro, nobody (laughs) voted for your like, like fairly tame, but but important bill. They don't want to go with you at all. They all are using whether overtly or covertly maga and trump as a trojan horse and they've been using him as that yeah um of course there's so washington post has a whole op-ed like <laughs> how dare biden call us maga ro- i mean how dare he call us semi-fascist yeah. it's not fascists okay yeah. white supremacy is not necessarily fascist. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> it's, it's just own it just be just be what you want to be you know like just accept it you like fascies. You know, that is the symbol that applies to you. It's fine. I mean, it's not fine. We'll fucking try to no, kill but you. but own it. it. Like, but- did,
2: did, are you saying that Biden just hurt your fifis? Like, is are you saying that Joe <laughs> Biden, that yeah. Joe fucking Biden said something that was, like, too out there for you?
0: Please.
2: Yeah. When Biden wakes the up to any of the everything, it means we've all been, like, standing over him, like, as he's, yeah. like, laying there. And we're like, come on, come on, smelling salt, smelling yeah. salts, And he's like, you know.
1: Semi-fascism.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll play it real quick. Kawa Wolf so mad. How dare you call him fascist? Again, he's the architect of the Iraq war. He's not at all.
3: Joe Biden, President Biden, was attacking Republicans generally. He was not t- uh, talking about the people who assaulted the Capitol that sits to the south of us here. He was attacking the entire party. And you saw that in Cedric Richmond's comments, who said, well, we're really sort of big. We're willing to work with the semi-fascist Republicans on, on issues of common ground. This was this was not in keeping with what the president promised us. My whole soul is in it, he said, as an inaugural, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. That was after January 6th. We must see each other not as adversaries but as neighbors we should treat each other with dignity and respect he was not treating his political Carl, he dignity clearly respect. clearly no, he was
2: speaking not. to Pete. he no, said he clearly no. i'm not talking about conservative no, he republicans did. he didn't say that he, he said, said that and never passed and his lips he, they okay. did lips. and what right. and also he clearly acted you? at people who weren't neighborly and attacked the congress okay <laughs> i love juan williams i'm sorry like i know we probably disagree on 99 of everything but one is the only person who keeps it a little bit real. There's another lady, a new woman who I mean, can't mm-hmm. remember her name, but it's like Carl Ro- You're you're digging for fucking Carl Rove, like this neocon mm-hmm. cyst. Like he's still around, and he You all of us. No, he didn't. He literally said, "Maga Republicans." He yeah. gave you an out.
1: Yeah. Which they don't want because they are all ma- becoming MAGA Republicans. They're basically, saying, like, well, you could go back to being the old Republicans. And everyone's like, no, we like the new Republican thing where we get to be openly racist.
2: Exactly. It's like, actually, no, this is kind of working out for us. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Mike Pence almost got hanged. Whatevs. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. And and just a little button on all that. Biden, what did he mean by semi fascist? Here he is outside of his helicopter.
3: What do you mean by semi fascism? <laughs> <laughs> <semi-fascism, sir? laughs> Right, you, were- you
2: know what I mean, uh, dark Brandon. You know what that I mean. That was the most
1: dark Brandon thing I I've was ever seen. I saw that
2: fucking smile. I saw the laser eyes. Um, yeah. you know what I mean. I just like—I don't even think he's respond. He doesn't. They could be anything, you know. He could be. They could be asking him anything. What do you mean by, you know, like uh, I don't know, like tax breaks or like the 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 Inflation Reduction Act. You know what I mean. It could have been anything. Yeah. What do you mean you're yeah. getting a new dog? You know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just so good. Anyway, um, all right. Let us bring in for our interview Argentine biologist, environmental activist, founder of EcoLeaks, and organizer with the Debt for Climate campaign, Esteban Servat.
0: Hey, thank you, Francesca. Nice to see you.
2: Nice to have you here. Esteban, you're joining us um, from Berlin. It is late. I appreciate you staying up, Um, but you are one of the lead campaigners for Debt for Climate. And I'm ever since, by the way, shout out to patron Sophia Rodriguez Engelbrecht, who turned me on to you and your work. Um, She's like, you got to get him on. I'm, I've, I've loved this campaign. Um, folks like George Monbiot have written about it in The Guardian. What is the Debt for Climate campaign and what's the idea behind this?
0: Yes, thank, thanks to both of you for having me. Um, the campaign is basically a, an initiative from the Global South to have a say in the climate agenda of the Global North. Um, I've been in Europe for three years. Like I'm from Argentina and I've been working with the climate movements here, and it, everything is so Eurocentric and uh, based on you know 1.5 degrees celsius or the ipcc or just reducing emissions without taking into account the colonialism that is behind the climate crisis and all the the injustices that are truly leading to the climate crisis so From the Global South, with the workers and indigenous people and social movements, we have been building this campaign that is demanding debt cancellation in order to be able to afford a just transition. You know, debt is a knee on the neck of the Global South that keeps Mm. our countries in perpetual expansion of the fossil fuel industry to keep extracting raw materials to ship to the Global North just to be able to keep up paying the interest on these loans not even the capital, because the interests are so huge that we are just struggling to keep up paying the interest on the loans. That's what is behind the climate crisis in the Global South, expanding the fossil fuel industry. And that's where the Global South is coming to together to say, stop, enough. And we need to bring this to the table.
2: Absolutely. So it it is essentially, hey, cancel this debt. We were talking about canceling debt. <laughs> cancel this debt and we can actually better um reroute or reconfigure our economies to be green to um and 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 as i mean let's just talk about some of that disparity as you're talking about the eurocentrism of the climate discussion you know what are those figures or what is that the balance of how much a country like pakistan now facing insane flooding displacing millions of people versus the united states or western europe are emitting um, you know, there's, this is not the same.
0: Yeah, right. Plus, Europe and the U.S., North America are by far the largest contributors of greenhouse gases, more than 80, 90 percent. The Global South accounts only for about 8 percent. And yet we are bearing most of the consequences most affected uh, places of the world are in the global south like you just mentioned pakistan most of africa africa most of latin america and what we need to do is have the global north first and foremost recognize that they have a climate debt to the global south this climate debt is way bigger than our financial debt that we have to the global north the climate debt is not only based on the emissions but also on 500 years of colonialism and enslavement of most of the world it's really difficult to quantify but if we want to take any steps toward reparations and loss and damage and then recognizing and doing the right thing in the right direction the first step has to be cancel the financial debts of the global south which you can do with a stroke of a pen if there is the political will to do that. And conversely, it's just remotely, it's impossible for any country of the Global South to remotely even dream of having a just transition. All of these commitments of the Paris Agreement are bullshit. Nigeria's cost of servicing their debt two or three weeks ago has surpassed their national revenue, okay? Most countries of the Global South, for every dollar that comes in, you're paying 50, 80, 90 cents in terms of interest on the loans. Most of this debt is illegitimate to start with. It was awarded to dictators. It's a well-known mechanism of colonialism called debt trap diplomacy. And I'm really glad to be on your show because the US has the largest power Will the largest power behind this colonialism the imf the world bank are largely controlled by the g7 and the us has the largest voting power i know it's a really difficult monster to move in the us when you have so many problems but if we want to get serious about climate action the first thing that needs to happen is to cancel the debt of the global south to enable a just transition and it won't just benefit the global south we have trillions of dollars of fossil fuels in the ground And we also have trillions of dollars of debt to you, to the Global North. If you could cancel that, you could enable the Global South to actually leave trillions of dollars of fossil fuels in the ground, which would benefit all of humanity and could be the largest win, the largest victory in the climate movement uh, until now.
2: I mean, I love this because we're starting to think about... Things like debt cancellation just in the wake of canceling $10,000 of student debt, something, uh, you know, here in the United States, (laughs) unlike Argentina, where I did live for a while, you know, college is way more expensive here and not necessarily better. Um, But we're starting to see well, what happens. This is money that is the the, the federal government is the creditors. It doesn't it's not going to cost us anything. We don't need to make this money back just as we don't need to collect on the global south countries it's just we can just cancel it it can be a wash and we can lift that boot as you're saying from the necks of these countries that have so many other priorities um in the least of which is climate preparedness can i ask you about do you think it matters to um have like a like a stipulations if there's debt cancellation is it like okay then you can't develop this dam or this mine or whatnot or are you saying no blanket cancellation or are you saying something the third thing you might be saying is it like inherently some of that debt is linked to these extractive projects anyway
0: Yeah, and that is very well known. For example, there is something that is not addressed by anyone in the global north. That is the climate bombs that the global south has more than three or four hundred of them. Argentina, one of them is Vaca Muerta. It's about the size of Belgium and is the world's second largest shale gas basin and fourth largest shale oil basin, which they are destroying with fracking, like in the U.S., they actually, the US is building a military site on it because it's of so much uh, geopolitical importance to the US to ensure accessibility to these resources in the long term. So this is a major carbon bomb of many carbon bombs that are not addressed by the Paris Agreement or any of the commitments the global North governments are making. The only way to ensure keeping these carbon bombs in the ground is debt cancellation and enabling just transition, but the IMF, the World Bank are doing the exact opposite. The IMF lent my country, Argentina, a record loan, the largest loan in its history, in the IMF history worldwide, was awarded to President Macri, right-wing President Macri a few years ago, deliberately to help him win the re-election, $44 billion under pressure from Trump to help his buddy, And luckily he lost the re-election, and, uh, I was so, going to say, how did, yeah.
2: how did he do? Let's just, but, for the record, I just <laughs> want to hear it again. Macri se perdió. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Macri lost. And since you live there, I'm, I'm sure you're up to date on all the news. Fuck
2: Macri. Uh, I left before he came to power, but fuck that guy. Yeah,
0: anyway, but the, <laughs> the, the problem is that the so-called progressive government that came after did not question the debt or call for an audit of the debt, which is actually... Uh, can be proven to be illegitimate, the IMF broke its own statute to award it. And as soon as it came into the country, it flew right back out through the financial scheme. So it didn't benefit anyone, as is usually the case. But the new government has legitimized this loan by getting it through Congress to borrow even more money just to pay the interest on the old debt. And what is well known is that the IMF gave this money to Argentina with the understanding that Vaca Muerta will be a major source of uh, fossil fuels and revenue to be able to pay the interest on this loan. So these are the conditionalities that are forcing, and it's not just fossil fuels, but mining, mega mining, lithium. Yes. It's just the old history of plundering the global south by keeping us in poverty, in a lot of debt. So that we have to plunder the resources and destroy the territories just to keep up paying to keep uh, floating above just above water by paying uh, this interest on the loan by never never being able to pay the main capital
2: and is that stipulated so like that loan is still tied to vaca muerta being developed
0: no it's not it's not stipulating on a on a contract but it's well it's well described in a lot of media articles and and stuff like that but you asked me the opposite question how will you stipulate that you will keep the fossil fuels in the ground when you cancel the debt and yes. this is a very legitimate question and the way we look at it is the other way around from the bottom up what we need to do is build power mm-hmm. and the climate movement until now in the global north is really uh, naive it's really a bubble uh, where they don't have any contact with the working class. It's a big problem. In Europe, you have the rising cost of living and the workers getting more and more uh, antagonized from the climate activists as something as this climate activism is uh, right. it's a privilege of middle class white people right. that have no, no other problems. And I see a big danger in this as we are getting more and more fascist governments coming. Maybe we're one financial crisis away from fascism coming full force in Europe as well. And then the climate activists will be fully antagonized from the workers. So debt for climate is an attempt to build an alternative narrative of solidarity, international solidarity. When you talk to the workers of the Global South about debt, they get it. And therefore, climate has built a bridge that enables the, the climate and the workers' movements to come together internationally together with the indigenous peoples that have been fighting this colonialism for 500 years. And that's how we've been able to mobilize thousands around the G7 a couple of months ago uh, in Argentina, in Latin America, Africa, Southeast Asia, Global North in Washington, D.C. We've been thousands, and for the first time, thousands of workers mobilized together with climate, thousands of climate activists and indigenous people. We're going to mobilize again uh, during the annual meeting of the IMF and World Bank which is from October 14th through 16th. And we're calling on everyone around the world to join us so that we can actually demand debt cancellation and enable just transition. And to answer fully your question, we first need to have the power on the streets, the movement that is necessary to get this debt cancellation is the same movement that will be vigilant so that the countries of the global south don't get into debt again, and that the transition fully goes in the right direction instead of betraying what they say and getting back to expanding the fossil fuel industry. But that will be done by, an actor in society that is not there yet, which is an actor of unified labor, climate, social, and indigenous movements that we have to build.
2: I love that. And I, and I, you know, I do feel like you're picking up a piece that was left in the early 2000s, you know, in the United States, I'm someone who became very active in the global justice movement. And the things that we were taking the streets for were against these IMF and World Bank policies that we knew were devastating countries abroad, but then also devastating the labor movement and workers in the United States. Um, And so it was a climate labor unity. And then we got blindsided by the war on terror. You get Bush, you get all this. And of course that's, you know, again, paving the way for someone like a Donald Trump to come into power. But I feel like you're picking up on that thread that we had at some point movements in the global North kind of had, but, but, but lost it, you know? And, um, and it's so important to link those fates. So I think it's, it's such a powerful fucking, uh, powerful movement powerful politics and powerful framework and it seems possible right Esteban because tell me the proposals are also I know from countries in the global south like well why don't you guys just pay us to not cut down this rainforest or pay us to keep it in the ground and that's very not likely to happen correct I mean that, that feels difficult, even though we absolutely should be paying a country like Brazil to, like, not cut down any more of the rainforest.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's, there is a promise of paying the Global South to help adapt to climate change in the Paris Agreement. A hundred billion dollars a year were supposed to be given, but that's not even being fulfilled, even though it's a tiny amount of money compared to what is really needed. And even then, they want to do that as, as more loans, as more debt. So it's climate financing because they want to give you more debt. So together with that, there is historic demands for reparations, for loss and damage that go in parallel with what therefore climate is, is demanding that have to yeah. do with colonialism and slavery that need to be paid back. But we know that the powerful will not give up power uh, voluntarily. And if they really have to pay what they owe, they will all go bankrupt. Like uh, just India, the case of India itself alone in, in the 200 years or so of colonialism, India went from being one of the richest countries in the world to one of the poorest. England drained $45 trillion dollars out of India imagine that if uh, the UK had to give that back and that's just one of their colonies they would go uh, bankrupt really quickly so what we need to demand is the first step is debt cancellation because also if they give you financing or reparations or anything like that the money that comes into the global south countries will be drained right away again through the debt payments that you have to make so unless you liberate first yourself from the debt burden you will not be able to make any good out of any funding that they could throw at you as a little, you know, uh, like a cr- breadcrumbs. That's what it really is.
1: I mean, that's what's so funny to me about this idea of even like asking for debt cancellation from the global north. It's like, that is the very, very, very least that the global north o- owes the global south. You know, and this the, the framing of it is like, ah, as if we are being so nice by canceling this debt. It's like, no, we we fucking owe the global, like, yeah, like what you're talking about. We've you know, the the wealth of the United States and Europe is entirely built from the extracted uh, you know, primitive accumulation or whatever, just the, the taking of raw resources and all of these other things and not just raw resources from colonized areas. And, and I,
2: continues to be right. I mean, that's, yeah. I guess, my question for you, Esteban, in terms of, you know, political shifts, I'm thinking in Latin America like in neighboring Chile, right? You know, having Boric come in or having Gustavo Petro in Colombia. You know, we talked about that on this show and them trying to turn away from this extractive model. Does that give you some hope in terms of um, these international alliances that can maybe push back on something like debt?
0: well yeah the only way that we could have a chance at confronting this kind of power is uniting in blocks so latin america needs to unite in order to be able to confront the imf the world bank and financial colonialism much like the global south needs to unite like thomas sankara called for from burkina faso for global south front against debt you Mm. know where many countries of the global south will come together to say no more to the global north. He was assassinated shortly after that. And this year is going to be the 35th anniversary of his assassination. And we're actually calling on this global action in his memory because it's October 15th right in the middle of the IMF and World Bank meeting. So the same goes for, the, for Latin America. And Petro is ushering, hopefully, a new era for the Latin American progressives because he's the first government that is actually promising to stop the extractive matrix of production and actually build a sustainable future for Colombia and hopefully can lead the way for the rest of Latin America. We were really happily surprised because during his announcement speech, his inaugural Mm. speech, he Mm -hmm. actually called for debt for climate. He actually called for uh, the IMF to cancel the debt of Colombia so that Colombia can take care of the Amazon. So we're really happy about that and we hope that he continues to build on this demand and hopefully lead the way for other governments to follow uh, the, that example.
2: Absolutely. And, and you know, just someone who lived in Argentina for so long, m- the Macri loan was such bullshit and like re-legitimized the IMF and the World Bank in a way that Argentina 20 years earlier had proven how bullshit these neoliberal like gl- global financial loans were were able to renegotiate their loan under the kishner administration albeit not perfect and the kishners i don't think are perfect at all and i don't believe in the extractive soha model of soybeans and cetera but they prove that like all the imf and the world bank want to do is gut you for parts you know and sell you for parts to abroad and loan you more and more and more and more um and then you have Macri coming in and just re like another loan it's just insane it was insane to me to watch that happen um so i do have faith though that like places like i mean places like latin america and and also india places who've been screwed over a million times by these in- international institutions like first of all esteban the united states we've got our own problems you guys could never pay that back and we would never like no one's invading no one's invading yeah. we're like <laughs> We're invading ourselves. You know, we're, we're doing coups on our own government.
0: <laughs> yeah, sadly, I think you, you're not far from that happening in the U.S. Um, I hope it doesn't. But yeah, uh, I think the change has to come from the most affected people and areas. Uh, we've been silent for too, silenced for too long. And I think uh, changing the Eurocentric way of thinking of Europe and the Global North is one important step in that direction and beginning to recognize that the solutions to the crisis that was created from Europe and from the Global North will not come from the same place that created the problem. And that we need to do things differently if we want different results like Einstein famously said. That's why the Global South, we're building power from the bottom up from the Global South and actually trying to make something disruptive but we need the collaboration and solidarity of the movements in the center of power so that we can make the impact that we need
2: absolutely um any any final thoughts before we let you go this has been so great
0: no thank you for letting us share this in in your platform uh reaching more people worldwide but especially in the us that is such an important uh place for the centers of power if people are in near washington dc or new uh, or new york city and they could mobilize or even start something from scratch start your own there for climate group help us uh, you know, spread the word and start uh, really threatening the IMF, the World Bank, and the financial power that is behind the climate crisis and that we can connect this way, climate justice and social justice, because there is no climate justice without social justice and there will be no victories without the workers leading the way in this fight.
2: Mm. Amen. Debtforclimate.org, at Debt for Climate on all the socials. Um, follow follow this work and follow Esteban at uh, Esteban Sarvat, Servat S-E-R-V-A-T um, on Twitter and thank you so much for taking the time thanks for breaking it down so effing clearly and, uh, and, and giving me some hope honestly because this is badass and I love it
0: thank you both for having me <laughs> yeah, it's so good
2: alright, take care um, and Margaret Will you stay for one final segment?
1: Okay, I'm willing to. As long as it's funny.
2: (laughs) Okay, it will. It'll it'll be great. um, Okay, I'll stay. I mean, it'll be. It it depends on you. Okay, look. Here's the thing. Okay. We also learned, guys, this week that um, there was a straight up. Uh, Anna Delvey situation at Mar-a-Lago. You know, the place that's even more secure than the National Archives, that's like totally can handle a bunch of confidential documents uh, just in a basement somewhere. Yeah, that place is once again, we found out was breached by a woman who claimed she was Anna de Rothschild, a non-existent (laughs) descendant of the European Rothschild banking dynasty. (laughs) <laughs> um she her name was Yashinshin I don't know how to pronounce her name but she's a Russian speaking mm-hmm. immigrant uh Yashinshin 33 years old um she allegedly dazzled those around her with made up stories about growing up as a Rothschild in Monaco and told plans of, of to build a, a speed track in Miami, which she also used to gain access to celebrities and power brokers outside of Mar-a-Lago. Wait, wait, she wanted to build a speed track in Miami? What the fuck is that?
1: A <laughs> I don't even track? know. I, or high speed. It can't be high speed rail because then they'd be like, oh, I don't know. It sounds Sh- like socialism. Is
2: this Elon Musk like, look, I'm kind gonna- of. I mean, anyway, uh, she um, also saying that she met rapper Ray J and auto magnet Horacio Horacio Pagani. Who cares? Ray J? That guy hasn't been relevant since the Kardashian sex tape. Um, It's not clear how many times she visited the resort, but she reportedly became well acquainted with many of Trump's close associates, including Don Trump Jr.'s fiance, Kimberly Guilfoyle, Caroline Wren, a former Trump, campaign advisor uh, who helped organize this stop the steal rally and here she is just thumbs up with none other than donald trump <laughs> and lindsey pathetic sad noodle graham um <laughs> on the golf course in may of last year during a high dollar fundraiser for the midterm elections unclear if she had any other direct interactions with for the former president so anna de rothschild apparently the fbi is investigating what the hell what happened uh this is again one of many times that mar-a-lago has been breached people pretending to be other people just kind of like wandering in and like being able to like hang out apparently mike tyson just like waltzed in which like Mm-hmm. I get that's like the one person I'm like okay but that's clearly Mike Tyson like you
1: can't right there's a face tattoo and if you say <laughs> no he'll punch you <laughs> yeah
2: exactly I'm like all right I get it I get it security yeah. but my question is what is your plan and everyone listening and everyone in the chats
0: mm-hmm. what is
2: your plan to breach Mar-a-Lago <laughs> how do you get in
1: okay so I come up and I I <laughs> probably dressed like a cis man. And I act like I am a very um, gullible uh, contractor. And I'm offering the contracting services uh, for a a good price to build a new secret bunker under the existing secret bunker. (laughs) And so I need access to the secret bunker to build the secret bunker. And I will be relying on the fact that Trump will think that he can not pay me. He can you Know because that's his whole thing is to not pay the contractors who, um, you don't have to pay my fr- okay, for him. Okay, but whose
2: house did you work on? Like, what other bunkers have you built? Uh,
1: John Kardashian, and there you go. Um, uh, this is good. The same Rothschild, I'll even say the same Rothschild. Yeah.
2: Uh, um, I'd be like, yeah, Prince Windsor. Prince. Oh, yeah, Prince's Prince is mm-hmm. safe. You built that,
1: yeah. Um, Prince Edward, um. Yeah,
2: there's another island under Epstein's island you didn't know about, but I built that island.
1: Right. Yeah. Actually, it's a kind of it's like a mirror image island, and there's actually sky under there because we built a bubble, we reversed gravity, and actually, if you want the reverse gravity, we can do that. That's a thing that people can do these days. People don't talk about it much, but it's a thing that we can do. I love. The- we can reverse gravity.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, they'd buy that. Uh, this the here, This yeah. man can reverse gravity. Um, he's a yeah. contractor. Um, and yeah. uh, just only celebs, celebs only. And and I love how you're gonna go in, being like, I know you got more documents. <laughs> like I know you didn't. Yeah. Like you you hid them somewhere. Yeah. I feel like you she really Guilfoyle just hid them in her enormous bust. Like no, <laughs> <offense>. like <laughs> over here is just like a few CIA assets. Just like, <laughs> um. I mean, huh?
1: No, it's just the power of women thing, right? It's like oh, yeah. you look at that and you're like. trump thinks he has all of this power over the like attractive cis women he keeps around him or whatever like no you moron they have power over you that's the most obvious thing i've ever seen in my life
2: he's well i do think i don't know i think you yeah it's it's difficult to know how to go in there definitely you have to have the celeb Mm -hmm. angle i think i would just be like francesca de beyonce oh yeah francesca knowles i'm the other sister yeah yeah it's the sister that podcasts she's got like a really big leg up in the podcasting world um i also think i should be go as a princess francesca bin salman
1: okay you didn't know about
2: her because she's around she's just not allowed to drive but like she she just choppered over and she's princess francesca bin salman me and kushner Mm -hmm. are tight
1: um you should make up a country you're from that you're the princess of
2: no, I'm just from Saudi. I mean, obviously, I'm a Saudi. I'm a Saudi princess that you okay. never heard okay, about. Okay, but it and they're like.
1: I just I feel like you could get away with a country he's never heard of. Oh I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. You.
2: Yeah, Turkmania. You know what I mean? Or uh, yeah, like yeah, exactly. The uh, the island of Woman.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's never been there. <laughs> no, he
2: doesn't know where. Oh, Woman, It's in the Middle East. It's like uh, a yeah. yeah. It's off of Oman. It's just Walman,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, Same and, and model, I am the woman.
2: Route. I am the princess of woman. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the golf course. Easy peasy. I yeah. I kind of love this woman. Like, I don't really care what she was there for. Yeah, I think yeah, it's exactly. great that she even was able. Like, how many, how the Republican Party is just fucking rubes. That's all they are. You could be yeah. a high paid rube. Or a low-paid Rube. But you're somewhere on the Rube scale. Mm
1: -hmm. The the Rubicon.
2: You're on the Rubicon. And you're being conned. Like, it's just... Fucking Lindsey Graham there. Hey, a pretty lady in a skirt. It's a pretty lady (laughs) in a skirt. (laughs) 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 Fucking idiot. (laughs) Oh my god. All right. Well,
1: that's yeah, the person who was in charge of the country for 4 years. <laughs> oh.
2: Um a. Risen says, I know, my god. Tommy J says, I would DoorDash Big Mac's. But are you wearing a skirt? No, I'm just kidding. That's very that's very smart. Um Northside 5 saying, "Easy, just wear a maga hat, done." Um Mike Boy raps, "Hop the fence, it's a golf course." Um, a Risden on YouTube. Just use the Rudy Tunnel. Yeah, it's it's good. Rudy is actually, this is true, not allowed to use the front or back entrance. He has a special. It's like a little Bugs Bunny tunnel. He's like, jung, 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 jung. <laughs> I'm sorry. The whole thing. We live. This is a fucking Looney Tunes presidency. I did. I have to say, Margaret, I had a little bit of a revelation this week, which was. I don't think Trump's getting reelected.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I What what terrible thing is going to happen instead?
2: Oh, I mean he's going to be dis- you know a disgusting pariah, I mean sort of leech mm-hmm. on our political lives and uh, hearts and minds mm-hmm. forever until he dies, but I don't think he'll be president. Like he'll still be on Truth Social, we'll still have to hear him all the time. We'll use mm-hmm. him for clickbait. Um, you know, he'll have his golf tournaments, but I had I just feel like there's too much to surmount. What's coming mm-hmm. in his wake could be far worse, and we'll be like, right. you know, at least it was fun back then with him. Right. But I definitely, I'm like, I don't think it's gonna be him. I don't think he's the the man anymore.
1: I I think you're right. Um, you think so? Okay. Yeah, it doesn't make me optimistic because I I think that it they'll run the. <laughs> They'll run the some the the serious version, right? Because right. Trump doesn't believe anything, but he paved the way for a believer.
2: Totally, totally. And then we'll be here missing Trump in mm-hmm. in fifteen years. Going, yeah.
1: Remember when he rocks. had
2: big eight, just eight Big Macs? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Margaret Killjoy! Such a joy to have you on the show. Uh, you did not kill. You killed it, but you didn't kill the joy. Um, Everyone, please follow Margaret on all the sosies, uh at Magpie Killjoy, and of course, listen to Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff podcast. Um, can you just explain what that podcast is?
1: Yeah, well, there's uh, in history there was people who were who were cool, <laughs> and they um they did cool stuff. I so it, it's a weekly podcast where I tell people about uh, people that I I the arbiter of cool determine are cool. Usually, it's rebels. Different people in history who looked at really bad conditions and said, I don't like this. I want something better and went about fighting for it. Uh, That's my own particular interest, but it'll branch out from there. It's on it's part of Cool Zone Media on iHeartRadio and it comes out every Monday and Wednesday. Each week is a two parter. So deep dives into the history of. And I can never remember any of the topics I've covered off the top of my head. But one of the recent ones we did is, for example, you know, some stuff is like 16th century stuff. But more recently, we did Food Not Bombs, which is this international conspiracy to feed people through mutual aid that keeps getting arrested. I've been fed
2: many times by Food Not Bombs. Um, (laughs) I've. Yes, I love that. I fucking love that. Hell yeah. Um, Have me on the show. Cool people who did cool stuff. Everybody check it out. Gonna twist Margaret's arm to have me on. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the bonus in just a little bit. And thank you people for being here. You people, what do you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. Fucking Frantifas, you people. Um, you're all wonderful. I uh wanted to read some comments. Todd Roy saying not many people know this, but Francesca's actually the one playing the piano before the show each week. This is true, this is very true. No, that's Kevin McLeod. Good old Kevin McLeod. Um, let's see. Electronic, electron creation. Still getting used to Tuesdays. However, whenever you're on is a perfect time for me. Boring. Thank you, Cindy. I appreciate that. Yes, we are on Tuesdays now. 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Camperman 5000. I need a I survived the fart song t-shirt. What do you mean? It's a fucking banger and you're going to hear it even though we don't have any new patrons at 10 bucks or more. We all survive it. Um, Adolfo Morales says, "I'm a first timer here on YouTube. Welcome, Groove Dragon on Twitch, saying student debt relief will free up people to take out home loans and car loans, so banks should be on board. Honestly, honestly, they they will have more money to then get into other kinds of debt, but at least it won't be student debt." Um, suburban housewife on on YouTube. Don't leave, punditry, Fran. I birthed and nursed three children while participating in chairing my local planning commission for eight years. Get your schedule to work for you. Recruit grandmas. Stay. Thank you so much, suburban housewife. That is great. Um, you're much more than a housewife, clearly. Uh, and I am. I am recruiting my mom. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Can Francesca get along with her mom for free childcare? She asks a lot of random questions. She talks a lot. She doesn't like watching TV shows because she just wants to skip to the end for you to tell her what happened. And I'm like, Mom, that's the point of a show—is you gotta watch every episode. Um, Franco on YouTube. Elon Musk has the Hall Monitor energy. Yeah, he does. He's just the richest, most just fucking fuck off with your money. How many times? Fuck off into the night. I. This is my slogan: Fuck off into the night. If you're a billionaire. Fuck off into the night. Be lucky. We're not taxing you more. Um, Let's see. Fact-based comrade really digging Margaret's hair. Haircut is peak fashion. I'm so jealous. Um, Tris Dragon on Twitch. That's hilarious. Semi-fascist. Either you are or aren't. Like pregnancy. True. That's very true. Um, The IMF Miraculous on Twitch says, The IMF is basically just a giant payday lending company. Uh Uh-huh. Indeed. And Patty B on YouTube, the whole world should stop sanctions, war, lift the impoverished, give us a chance to survive. And M.W. just saying, I learned so much today. Thank you. I did, too. I fucking love this This show was amazing. And guess what? It's not over because there is more show after the show. There is the bonus episode. We're talking about Breitbart's new trailer for their Biden the hunter biden film it's so good get on over to the patreon patreon.com situation room and with that i'm just gonna thank everybody and play ye old fart song Thank you, everybody, for subscribing, for becoming patrons. No one at $10 or more, that's okay. I'll give you time. But I love all the patrons that are still subscribed and all the $5 ones. You're wonderful. We don't have any big tippers, but TBR Live on Venmo, TBR Live on Cash App. Hit me up. Twitch subs, we do have some. Ashman Nile, Grandpa Dragon 1953, Daniel McConkie, Hippie Spot. Hammer, the C1G and paper dragon art. Thank you guys so much. Let me see if there's any. We get any super chats? Come on, guys. Let me hear you. That's okay. Thank you to Paige Omek, to Maximilian Inhoff, to Alexandra Orness, and to Andy Vasoyan, our new editor. We stream every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Twitch. Follow the show on twitter at bituation pod tiktok and instagram at FrannyFio. um and remember y'all fight the power fuck the patriarchy and don't just bitch about it be about it see you next time